car, on your way to someplace, or just really trying to avoid people, and you're like, what's the best thing I could do with my time? And that would be celebrate Thanksgiving with the 300th episode of After the Hype. Welcome to After the Hype. With me, your host, as always, Brian Dressel. With me, as always, is Chewy Darso. Hello. And Jonathan Hardesty. We made it. We made it to 300. We, we've been trying Woo! to get here for so long. Years and years ago, Nick Friedman and I sat down like, let's start a podcast and just meticulously go over 300 episodes, change hosts, change locations, change everything, just so we can talk about the movie 300 on Thanksgiving. Yes. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Yeah. We did yeah, it. we did it. We did it. We lost a lot of people along the way, but we did it. <laughs> we sure did. We went through. We used a lot of people. We, we went through. They left. So many co-hosts, many, many, many guests. And now, uh, and now we are here at 300 being texted while I'm talking. Uh, I'll turn that <laughs> off real quick. So, happy Thanksgiving. I feel like we should say that first and foremost, because we usually don't release episodes on Thanksgiving. And this year felt like, oh, I think we've done it in the past. This year just felt like the right year for yeah. Thanksgiving for many reasons. Chiefly amongst them, I decided it'd be a great idea to review all six of the Star Wars original trilogy and prequel trilogy in time for the new Star Wars to come out. And if we don't release an episode on Thanksgiving, we'll be a week behind. And I'm not okay with that. So, yeah, so something had to something had to give. Yeah, and something had to give. It was just another episode. And that was it. And we figured, why not celebrate episode 300? We've done 300 episodes. That is, and that's not counting any of our other shows. That's a lot of, lot of content. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of movies. A lot of movie reviews. Some that's game a, reviews. Few ga- a couple of TV shows here and there. Yeah. A few TV specials. Lots and lots of content. Many location uh, changes. <laughs> probably too many location changes. <laughs> um, lots of equipment changes. We're on a new ground right now. Uh, so, you know, good times. Good times have been had. Good times will be continued to be had. But first, we must celebrate our 300th episode with, of course, 300. The movie? 300. Because how... It's too on the nose. How it's do I on not do that? It's after the hype. It's way after the hype. Yeah. And like the movie, it's unsubtle. So, like, it's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. It's very on brand for us. Um, and fortunately, I can guarantee two thirds of the people reviewing this love it. One third, I don't know yet. We haven't talked about it. Uh, John, where, uh, let, let's do a quick round the table. I love it. Chewie loves it. John, where are you? I really enjoyed watching it this most recent time. When's the last time you saw it? When it came out in theaters. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's been a while. And I was in a much more um, annoying or ironic phase back in the day. So I was like, oh, this is stupid, macho, and ha, ha, ha. And now I'm watching it, and I watched it this recent time, and I was just laughing, and I was having a great time with it. It is a stupid fun movie. Uh, I don't know. I would say it's probably been about like six, seven years since I saw it. I don't think I've seen it since I moved to L.A. And I moved to L.A., what, eight years ago? Oh, yeah. About eight years? Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think I've seen it at least eight years. Uh, I haven't seen it in so long that when we threw in the DVD, the DVD stopped working. And I'm like, oh, that's not a good time. Yeah, so (laughs) I had to buy a digital copy. Because, of course, I can't just rent this movie. I have to own it. Uh, Chewie, what about you? Do you remember the last time you saw it? Before last night? last time I saw it? No, I don't remember the last time I saw it. Not even a guess? No. Long time, though. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, definitely a long time. I don't know. I was kind of feel like we need to rewatch it more often then. I mean, after rewatching it, I agree. And there's something that uh, 
that we'll kind of get into it as we talk about it because I'm going to kind of keep the train going for a little while here of uh, how we did with our Star Wars movies and more talking about how we feel about the movie than reviewing the movie because it's been out forever and everyone knows everything about it. Um, if you missed 300 somehow, don't worry. I will do a quick breakdown. Um, <laughs> I don't know how you missed it, but if you did, we will tell you what happened. Um, but essentially, I think that's kind of like a what I'm saying is we'll get to how it both aged horribly and wonderfully. <laughs> yep. yep. Like the bad aging kind of changes the movie into like a new sort of charm. Like I don't know how it worked, but it did, uh, and we'll get there. But first, let's do a quick breakdown. I, I will take the uh, I'll take the honors. Um, I'm even gonna try to do it in thirty seconds. Uh... <laughs> go 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 go. Ah, uh, Leonidas is the king of Sparta after being raised as like the worst possible way to raise a child. Uh, he grows up, starts a. Uh... Starts thinking he has to go to war with Persia. I don't really remember why, but he has to go to war with... Oh, because the dude showed up. Of course. This is Sparta. Wow, this is a lot harder when I give myself a timetable. Um, I think I'm out of time. <laughs> I think you have Perfect. Yeah, you did it. You did it. Yeah, yeah I did no, it. You didn't do anything. <laughs> I didn't do anything. I got to this is Sparta. Um, All right. So, so uh, a messenger comes to Sparta, mess- goes... Uh, Xerxes is coming. You need to bow. And Earth he and was water. Like, no, I don't. <laughs> Get out of here. So then he goes you. to the oracles, and the oracles are like, are have been turned, and they're like, don't go to war because of a festival or something. And he essentially goes, oh, screw that. I'm gonna go beyond this <laughs> bureaucracy. I'm gonna say, I'm just going on merry little walk with 300 of my best buds. It's my bodyguard. Yeah. <laughs> and then they go out on their little walk, and they stop the Persians from progressing and then everyone back at sparta is like blah they shouldn't have done that oh look this one dude's a traitor awful all right and then everyone dies in the 300 and then they go all right they well, were right we're gonna send our army now to cool. be fair 299 die yeah the yeah, one guy does get away the other guy probably dies in the he didn't die war. in the next one i don't know i don't really don't remember the next one yeah we saw the we saw the sequel in theaters and we uh all we re- either of us really remember is remember. the sex scene. Yeah, the sex scene, and uh, uh, it feels terrible that we both only remember the sex <laughs> scene. But that's really about it. I mean, maybe that's I... the review of that movie. It was a sex scene that was not sexist, so I was kind of into it. It was not sexist, and I was just like, gosh, oh, I don't okay. look like that naked. I wish I kind of did. Very, very... One person looks like Eva Green naked, and that's Eva Green. Yeah. I mean, congratulations, Eva Green. Well, well, job on being naked. Uh, Eva Green, (laughs) you are just a beautiful woman. (laughs) She wears nothing well. Um, (laughs) That sounds like an insult. It's a compliment. (laughs) Um, But back to three hundred. So three hundred. When this movie came out, it came out like a fucking cannon. Like, people were excited (laughs) for this movie. Yeah, it did. Like, it just blew a hole in pop culture of everyone saw it, everyone talked about it, and it was huge. At least in Chicago. I guess I don't know about the rest of the world. It was huge everywhere. Because I remember loving it. Because this was in high school, right? College. Columbia. Definitely in Columbia. Because I talked about it in my documentary class, and my teacher went, you guys see the worst movies. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I remember vividly. I just remember being at one convention and being like, what are those dudes doing here? People dressed up as Spartans. And I yeah. think it must have been uh, the anime convention in Chicago. Oh, that makes sense, yeah. Because I was, um, yeah, I was like, that, 
It's not. Not anime. It's not anime at all. <laughs> I mean, I guess there was a lot of animation in the movie, but yes. that was not supposed to be obvious. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that because I still think that's cool. Um, but yeah, it is kind of cool. Like the movie just came out, everyone saw it, and it had this weird thing that we've mentioned on the show before. Like the one that I think the best example of all time will always be Juno. Of it's the greatest movie ever. We all hate it now. Um, you know, people hated Juno. Lots of people hated Juno because it got nominated for Best Picture, and like it wasn't that good. And it's like that's a weird stance to take. Yeah, no, <laughs> everyone liked it until it got all this attention. They're like, oh, I guess it wasn't as good There's as I thought it was. A lot of movies that get nominated for Best Picture that aren't that good. Yeah, lots, and some even win. Yeah. Sup, Green Book. Uh, King Speech. <laughs> <laughs> That'll always be one of my big jabs in life. Yeah. King Speech. Oh my God. Performances were good, though. It was a wonderful movie, but it was a... Was it a wonderful it movie? It was a movie by numbers. It was. You know uh, what? It was, a, it was a fine movie. I wouldn't say wonderful. I wasn't filled I, with wonder. I liked it. Well, no. It's not the type of film. The Honest Trailer got it best when they said, <laughs> this is how you fish for an Oscar. Um, <laughs> either way. So 300 came out. People were blown away by it. And then it kind of had this rubber band effect of like this kind of like, look at how awesome this movie is. We're all excited about it. Wait. I think it sucks. And then, like, it just started slowly but surely becoming the butt end of jokes. Well, that's kind of what anything with a ton of sincerity and, to be honest, lots of male bonding ends up being. Yeah. Because male bonding makes people uncomfortable. They might like it at first, but then they feel like, oh, maybe I shouldn't like it too much. Because there's a lot of, like, pretty much naked men in this movie, and I shouldn't talk about how much I like that too much. And the weird thing is, and just kind of jumping off of that, is like the movie gets a, uh, like even if you, I'll bring up Honest Trailers again, like even they have a, a knock at how much homoeroticism, homoeroticism is in it. And I'm like, I don't think there's any. It's not very, it, the only thing that makes it homoerotic is the fact that they're nude. Yeah, that's about it. Because otherwise, I never got anything but like friendship, love, and the deepest of deep respect from all of them. Yeah. It never had those homoerotic... Like, there's parts of just, like, here's a big man bath of just, I'm, like, standing on the rocks with, like, the, the ships are breaking and all the rain is going down and they're all just flexing and going, Hurrah! But at the same time, they're just wearing what they wore and yeah. they're excited about it's the... It's not like... They compared it to Top Gun and I'm like, I'm no. sorry, there's no, like, sweating on the beach wearing your really tight pants to the Hanging with the Boys song. And high-fiving yeah, each no, other. Yeah, and, no, that's, and the camera's not even doing that thing in 300 either that they did in uh top gun that there, there's a whole different like that's a whole different lens that they're looking at that Lingering from so yeah there's such. like the lens for the gaze not the like the the gaze of the eyes uh and male gaze the male gaze thank you and then uh <laughs> and then the lens of just like we're shooting a movie like this movie does it's exploitive uh body shots yeah. it's all during the sex scene between gerard and uh uh lena Headley. that's the most exploitive part of the movie the rest of it but is it's, not exploitive it is, but it, it's clearly doing that. Like, the movie, that well, scene actually, opens on his ass. To be to be fair, okay, never mind. I'll say the most exploitive scene in the movie is the Oracle. Again, I would say it's motivated, though. Story-wise, I mean, yeah, sure, it didn't have to be there. But for the story of those characters and the way that they treated that girl, it... It, it's still all tracks. It tracks. I would I would say there from that would be like length for me. Like that that scene lasted a while. Yeah, sure. I remember it being shorter the first time I saw it, and the second time it was just like, wow, we're still we're still in that gyration thing going on. Okay, we're seeing all of it. I okay, mean, it, was, it was beautiful. Yeah, I won't take that away from it. 
and yeah. the complexity of getting that underwater dance and then making it look like it wasn't underwater that she's somehow floating magically yeah i appreciate it for that but when you get down to whether or not it's exploitive like there's very little motivation like the whole like yes they're lecherous creepy sure. ex- dirty dudes is captured by the dirty dude licking her la- her face. Yeah, I guess that's we didn't really need to watch all a, you needed. Yeah, I guess we didn't really need to watch her dance red naked you, for. Yeah, it. that really <laughs> didn't. That did nothing because the actual act of the oracle happened with her laying down and talking. That's fair. No, okay, okay, I'll I'll take the, that one back. But the other, the the actual sex scene in the movie, although being very exploitive, I don't really think was a problem because it started out going, "Look at how insane this is going to be." You have Gerard Butler with his ass out and huge moon next to him it's just like okay we know what we're doing here well for me again i didn't i didn't feel that one was very exploitive when i think about it again because when you look at him standing in that moonlight Mm -hmm. and his definitely hyper realized body i know Mm -hmm. he was in the best shape of his life that moment mr butler with your beautiful (laughs) butt Uh, mr butler jerry butts the amount (laughs) I don't remember, I've never read the 300 comic itself, but in general, the artistry with a lot of these shots in this movie are so reminiscent of Grecian art. Yeah. That, yeah, he just looks like a marble statue in that moment with the way he's standing there and the blue tones on him and the shadows and everything. He just looks straight up like a marble statue. And then he goes, he speaks to his wife, and they're essentially having their last night together. And they both pretty much know that. Yeah. So it's it's a strange sex scene. I won't take it away. It's not the best it's also shot interesting too. edited together. But yeah. it was just trying to illustrate the so level the of night, intensity of their love. Yeah, the last yeah. night on earth together. Yeah. It's also yeah. interesting, too, that in that conversation, like, we see them... Like we see, we see her encourage him, and and kind of be his guiding force, and that like him res- like we we see that conversation like they, he respects her, and like they are they are both equals on equal footing. It's a very interesting conversation. Seeing it again the second time, yeah, he respects her more than he really respects anyone else. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And like, it's one of my favorite things in the movie is their relationship. And it's weird that it's one of my favorite things because it's so minimal. They have maybe 10 minutes of screen time together in the entire two-hour movie. And that might be even generous. But uh, the, they are thinking about each other the whole time. A, they're thinking about each other the whole time. And B, I bought the relationship <laughs> immediately. Yeah. And it's even with the, the Persian messenger of the uh, – he's like, how is a woman allowed to talk to us? And he's like, uh – like, I don't remember his exact phrasing back to him, but he's basically like, fuck off. She's stronger than you. Yeah. Like, and I just, I love that just immediate, like, no, she's an equal here. That's how she's able to talk. Yeah. You and can sit the fuck down. Yeah. And my favorite line from her comes in that moment, which I guess I'll leave. Yeah. Later. Save that for later. Um, yeah. And it's just that that moment too also just pays off in dividends. And I didn't remember this. Like at the end when he's like shouting to the, the his final shout before he dies is just, my queen. And you're yeah. like. That foundation was built in that that bedroom conversation, and it was really well done. Yeah, like there's something to be said. Like I know there's gonna be a lot of people listening to this episode today. They're like, "Fuck Zack Snyder," and it's like I I watch these yeah. movies and I'm just like, I don't know what happened. I don't know why his he fell from grace so hard. I still like his movies. Well, it's the same thing that um, I don't know why I can never remember her name. The girl who directed Wonder Woman. 
Patty Jenkins. Patty Jenkins. It's sincerity. Yeah. There's so much cinema, sincere cinema, in Zack Snyder, and it just seeps in this movie. Like, he's taking... It's not... He's not trying to be campy. He's trying to be super serious while being really artistic, but it's all super serious. Yeah, no, it's but it, that's the only reason it works too. Yeah. If it was just trying to be campy, it, it would not. No. It is sincere up the wazoo. <laughs> well, it's question, a, uh, just as a, as, a, as a terms of the Zack Snyder movies, and I don't know exactly the timeline for this, but I know this was a, a Frank Miller thing that Frank Miller wrote, and right. Sin City was the year before, and we all turned on Frank Miller pretty hard after this. Do you think that he kind of got affected by that in terms of just the public consciousness? Or, like, where was that turn? him when he made his own movie. Yeah, I thought it was around the spirit that we all kind of went, ooh, no, thank you, Frank Miller. Yeah. Okay. Because that's I when he had uh, Samuel L. Jackson boil and eat a cat. Okay, that, and that was one that, like, Frank Miller got to do himself, right? Yeah, yeah. he directed Completely? that Completely? Okay. Yeah, that, that's all Frank. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, because, like, the, you're right, the, the world did definitely turn on Frank, too. And... Because Frank... He's a great writer, but he's his relations with women kind of blows most of the time. Like yeah. sure. he's a very exploitive man when it comes to his representations of women. And like I was saying when we were watching the movie, if he can somehow slip rape in a little bit, he's going to do that for whatever reason. Yeah, that scene is really weird with McNulty. I mean, fuck. Uh, I forget the character's name. The guy from The Wire. Um... <laughs> Now I'm forgetting the actor's name. McNulty. We know who McNulty is. But with McNulty, um, in that scene, because she basically says, oh, okay. She's not happy about She's it. She's not happy about it, but it's she says, st- still- she says, oh, okay. Still definitely coerced. Still definitely wrong. Still probably rape. But then he's like, mm, you seem too okay with this. Let's make it horrible. Yeah. It's like, Jesus Christ, come on, guys. And the only reason that I'm even remotely okay with it and will still watch the movie with that horrible part in it is I do like the payoff. That she kills him. Yeah. Well, and it's, Using it's interesting exact same coming, t- yeah. coming to this movie from the from now to then and just seeing the influences of Frank Miller and other things and you know his influence on Sin City and all that other stuff. You can tell kind of the moments where you've got the Zack Snyder earnestness, which is really winning through in this movie, and then the elements of Frank Miller that just kind of... Like you said, that scene with Lena Hetty, just that's, I'm going to make this rough for you. You're not going to like it. And some of those elements like that, it's just like, okay, you can kind of see where they've got their two different uh, viewpoints and their two different styles. Yeah. And, and it, I think it's just, Zanx, sorry, Zack Snyder, uh, I think Zack Snyder's style here wins out and is what makes it as good as it is. Not necessarily yeah. the Frank Miller elements of it. Um. But speaking of Frank Miller, and not just to completely shit on him the whole time, because he did write the book, and uh, I'm pretty sure he drew the book, too. I didn't yeah. actually look into it. Okay, yeah. Um, so much of this movie's style is just Frank's style. It's just oh, lifted yeah. straight from the pages. Yeah, it is just straight from the pages with Zach's brush, essentially. And like, there's like the scene with like the, they look thirsty, let's give them something to drink, and they push them all over the cliffs. And like That's the cover <laughs> of most trades you'll find in the book now. Yeah. And it's just this really gorgeous shot, and it's just impressive at how well Zack Snyder and company, because I don't just want to say just the director made the movie, um, but how well they all just took a comic book and made it just live on the screen as if we're just watching the comic. It's something that I don't think has ever been pulled off 
at all to this caliber before. And I love Sin City. I still think Sin City is a great movie. But Sin City just looks like a very stylized movie, kind of adhering to the comic and every now and then using panels of the comic, but not to this level of just like, I feel like I'm just watching the book. Right. And and I think that's the Sin City did pave the way and give it like, oh yeah, you can do this. Well, I bet you could. It was kind of like a one-upsmanship. I bet you could make this just like the page. Yeah. On the screen. And man, a lot of things are trying, like, try to copy that, that Snack Snyder did here. Like, any of the Marvel, like, Avenger movies that try to get the panel on the page thing, that's here. That's 300. But yeah, Sin City paved it. And then, like, you could see the potential of it here with 300, just really like, oh, this, the page came to life truly. And I, I think it, I think it worked even better here. Having seen them oh, yeah. recently, it's like, oh, this one actually really killed it. Well, the, the difference is, and like this is where I want to say, like I, I do love Sin City, and I, like, I, I feel like the, the world has kind of forgotten about it, even the sequel that came out. But there's something about Sin City where it was just the panel. So like you have that scene with Marv when he's underwater, and he gets to the sewer grate, and he lands on the sewer grate, and then he comes swimming through it. And you can go to the comic book, and it looks like they used it as the fucking... Um, storyboards um for the movie and like that's really cool but at the same time it doesn't have any of like uh say robert rodriguez's personal flair to it it really just feels like frank miller's comic book whereas this movie it really felt like frank miller's comic book through the eyes of Zack snyder and you really got that strong voice with another strong voice telling one story and i that's why i think there's just a little slight difference between the two because sin city it's like it's kind of like what john just said sin city was like a hypothesis of like, hey, this could work, and this was Snack Snyder going, and this is how you do it. And exactly. For me, he continued it in his other movies. There's so oh, yeah. there's so many shots in Batman versus Superman and Justice League that whatever narrative, whatever you got to say about it, but there are shots in those movies that are straight up comic book panels, and they are gorgeous. Especially BVS Frank Miller again, like. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Like he, he just took so many Frank Miller moments and just made them work as if we're watching The Dark Knight Returns. Well, and that's another thing. Like for those movies, the complaint has never been, "Oh, the visuals aren't well, good," because they, like, wow, no, it still has really that style. On his uh, slow mo stuff. Yeah. Which I personally feel like most of his slow mo stuff is motivated by his sense of style in this the world he's establishing. Yeah. It's one of the things I hate about when people critique this movie and be like, oh, that stupid slow-mo movie. I'm like, but the slow motion moments are wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're like paintings come alive. I, I think they're, I, I, I love them. Every single one of them. I like them all. I don't think they're overused at all. Like, when we get into like later works of his, he kind of overuses it. In Watchmen, some of the slow-mo yep. stuff doesn't work. Some of, I would even venture into both BVS and Justice League. It's like, eh, it's okay. But... I think well, especially for mediums like yeah, DC yeah. Comics, where they tend to be, need to be a little bit faster. That that style doesn't necessarily jive the best. But sure, I do have a question though. Shoot, when did we start turning on his slow mo? Like, do do you guys? Could, it was, your theory. What movie would you say it was, was this? The, it was absolutely this one because this was the movie where everyone went, "It's so fucking cool!" And then as everybody started to kind of like calm down on it and just like cool off, like. It was done, the whole thing was slow motion. It was cool, but it would only be 45 minutes if we took out all the slow-mo. And like as soon as that joke started, it clicked. Okay. It's something easy for people to latch on to. Yep. So like it, it started being awesome, and it started sucking in the same movie. And I'm basing that entirely off of conversations I had in college. I don't have anything like any research to back up anything I'm saying. But 
that's when I noticed it was at the same time. Cause I remember being that guy in class going, <coughs> I still like it. <laughs> like, why do we all decide that we hate it? What didn't we just love this movie a week ago? Like what happened? They loved it too much. It's like, it's the Celine Dion effect. <laughs> your heart will go on and your heart will become cold. <laughs> no Cause there's only room for it. one on the raft. <laughs> yeah. I still like these things. Like I still like this movie. Um, but moving kind of past that and into the, the other thing that I want to talk about is that this movie is uh, much like Sin City at the time, although that one I think the effects have aged better because of the black and white makes them a little easier to age better than this one. Um, but the effects have not aged well. Some of them have. The practical ones. Anything mixed with practical all have, but like the the, the <laughs> sky replacements all look whoa. Uh, yeah, like all, like it all just kind of has a sort of rough edge to it. That I thought maybe ten minutes in, I'm like, this is not going to be a fun rewatch. I got used to it again. The I, only time I got fully pulled out and was like, well, that doesn't, that's that, that doesn't look good, was when Xerxes put his hands on Leonidas's shoulders. Oh yeah, his hands are real weird. <laughs> and people were like, all right, Gerald, don't move, don't right. move. We got to do this in post. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just looks so awkward. But there is something oh, because man. they're all, except for the hands, the rest of them are all the same level of quality. And it'd be that lack of or plethora of, uh, it's still just this, it has the same look to it throughout the entire movie. And since that whole look is kind of downgrading at the same thing, it kind of gives it this, same, like, this almost like charm level where like you go, I'm not, before you blow up our podcast, I'm not saying it's the same movie as Star Wars. But you look at Star Wars, it's very in our head. We're reviewing all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's uh, the effects at the time were groundbreaking, earth-shattering, amazing fucking effects. And then 10 years later, they're like, eh, you can see the seams. And like they look kind of goofy. But it's charming. I like it. They're still wonderful because of the charm. I think 300 is entering that level. Uh, it's not corny. It's not like it was never meant to be campy, but it does have that charm of like, Oh, this was awesome once. (laughs) (laughs) Is it now? Eh. But at a time, this was as good as it could get. Well, I think I missed some of that, like negative feelings about the, the special effects here from when I saw it at first, the first time I saw it, it looked really cool. And to now looking back on it and just, getting into it getting into the the, like you said the cheesiness of it the it's like oh this is this is not quaint but like oh there's some seams here oh look at the fake blood look at all the (laughs) practical mix with it look at that look how poorly that seems together oh but cool like this is all just still so cool i still don't think i don't i'm not as critical about as you guys i don't think largely for me it still works well i I work in post and some graphical stuff so like i can only see it from that lens (laughs) having done effects that look about this good Makes me go, oh, so this was really difficult a long time ago. Now very easy. Because if I can do it, and I'm just talking about the sky replacement. I can't do everything they do in this movie. I'm not that pompous. But if I can do it, it must not be that hard nowadays. Yeah. Um, To me, like I said, I I view this movie as like a moving painting. No, and that's the thing is I think it's gorgeous. But but when we show this to our kids when they're older, we're not crazy parents, uh, they'll (laughs) look at this and go – this looks ridiculous. And I'll be like, it's supposed to. Yeah. It, it's th- fine. This looked great at the time. Now it doesn't, so but it still you, looks good. When you look at expressionistic paintings, 
yeah, they look ridiculous. They just look like a whole bunch of blobby colors thrown together. But if you look at a different light, it's lily pads. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. I I mean, like I said, I can be critical of it and still love it. Like, I... I, I, (laughs) I'm on. I'm firmly planning <laughs> on both sides of the fence. Yeah. Um, but to that, to related to that point, it's interesting. Despite the special effects, we still remember a lot of these shots. As I'm watching, it's like, oh, here's that shot. Here's that shot again. Oh, I, I remember this shot. Like, I had that throughout the whole GD movie. Oh yeah. It's beautiful. It is, and it's memorable. It's memorable yeah. as fuck. Like even if you haven't watched it in so many years, like John's saying, you when you sit down to it, it feels like you just watched it. Like oh, I haven't. It hasn't been that long since I've seen it. I still remember all of it. Yeah, it sticks with you. Whether whether or not you remember it consciously, you'll remember it emotionally. Yeah. Because it. Yeah, sure. Whether or not you loved it or hated it, you remember how it made you feel. Yeah. Like there's so many times in this movie that it's breathtaking to me. Yes, it, the the biggest problem that a lot of people had with this movie. I will fully admit his representation of Persians. Not great. Not great. No, no. not, not great. Uh, it, they're he- wide menagerie of different ethnicities. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. Which makes sense because he's supposed to be taking over the world and they're all supposed to be slaves. You don't really see too many of them suffer, though. They all seem like they're fighting on their own accord. Well, the the most suffering, I'd say, are the people carrying his big ass fucking chair. And they're just background. They don't really get yeah. shown. Yeah. Yeah. But that'd be probably the most suffering. Yeah. Uh, there, that that's one of the reasons that a lot of people ended up disliking this movie is that racially they've considered it insensitive. I mean, and that's one of those things where like it might be for a more serious podcast than us to fully tackle. But it is one of those like, yeah, I guess it's fair. No, that's fair. Um, and that's why I'm like, this could be for a this much more not, serious, much more research say, podcast. Well, this is and, not and, a historically accurate movie. <laughs> no. But see, that's also that's that's the the kind of the critique against this, where I could see some of that stuff unraveling, and like you said, in a more serious podcast about it, get that that would be the touch point of like, yeah, this is something that kind of Frank Miller does bring to these things, some problematic elements along the side that just kind of stick in your craw a bit, you know? Yeah. And Zach, I adore him. Very religious man. Yeah. Uh, and he does get his religiousness into his films in different ways. And for me, the most glaring one is the implication of the black goat. Oh, yeah. Uh, that is universe, not maybe not universally, but in the, the realm of Christianity is well known as the symbol of the devil. Yeah. <laughs> so by putting a black, a living yeah, black, black goat, goat in the middle of what looks to be a harem with temptation and literally a character being tempted by all that he desires. It's a very much a Christ tempted by the devil moment. That's fair. And it was that to me, that is his most heavy handed moment in this entire movie, which is saying something because this movie is chock full of heavy handed yeah. moments. Um, but moving more out of the seriousness of it uh, and kind of in the more, Wait, what? I want to talk about the cast. The cast in this movie is amazing. Uh, yep. Just uh, amazing. It's a bunch of people in their prime. In their Gerard Butler had Academy Award worthy level acting prime for about four months when he shot this movie. <laughs> Before and after so this movie. Hard on him. Oof. I love Gerard Butler. <laughs> 
I think is a great actor in everything he does. He's Whoa. been he's been pigeonholed. Whoa. Phantom of the Opera. Phantom. <laughs> he even he, said he is on record saying, "I don't know why they casted me. I did my best." His best. Was Come on, bad. Dracula two thousand. <laughs> Dracula two thousand. He did his best. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Jerry Butts is not my favorite hey. actor. Um, <laughs> that is a mean way to say his name. It's Gerard Butler. <laughs> I like Jerry Butts. Um, <laughs> but I would say he is fantastic in this movie. He can eat scenery so well. Like, it's his yelliest role, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, his teeth, man. His, his teeth. teeth. <laughs> but he... He sells every scene. Yeah. He's legitimately funny. He's charming when he has to be. You buy that he loves his wife. He crushes this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, this was the role he was born to play. This one. <laughs> Only this one. Hey. Yeah. Definitely nothing from Geostorm. Everything uh, from Geostorm. Okay, okay. Well, you know. <laughs> so, some of us still like him, all right? <laughs> no. No, no, no. Law-abiding <laughs> citizen is also wonderful. Oh, Olympus yes. Olympus Has Fallen is also he, wonderful. I'll give you Law Abiding Citizen. That movie was pretty badass. Uh, that was very pretty, that was pretty great. It was super under. It's got ter- terrible reviews. And I watched, we again, watched it. Like, again, it's a very stylized movie. This people, movie's fucking cool. People did not go into that movie expecting symbolism. And my God, there's symbolism there's a lot in that of movie. Symbolism in that movie. <laughs> um, okay, so I might be a little harsh on Jerry Butts, but either way. Regardless of what I think of him outside of this movie, I still think he's amazing in this movie. I want to go see movie. Gamer again right now. <laughs> Gamer is a bad movie. I love that movie. <laughs> I just love it. It's just bad. Whatever. There's nothing good about that movie. But again, Jerry Gerard Butts. Butler, Gerard Butler just, is acting the shit out of it. Uh, Michael Fassbender's in this movie as well. Yet again. I, I forgot that until I watched it again recently. Another guy selling the hell out of every scene he's oh, in. Oh, he's so eager. He is so eager. And he's not, and he's supposed, except for the one son, they say that everybody there was supposed to already have uh, sons to replace them if they died. Yeah. So you're like, wow, Fastbender, how old are you in your <laughs> mid-twenties? I guess you could have, I mean, yeah. you could have He probably has 14 by sons by that yeah, point because he's Michael yeah. Fassbender. I'm, I'm, ta- I'm thinking of it from today's standards. Where <laughs> yeah. From those standards, you die at 40. You better have some kids by 20. Yeah. <laughs> um, you want to spend any time with him. <laughs> I love Fassbender in this movie. I had forgotten how good he was in this movie. <laughs> he was talking about Yelly, though. Oh, yeah. He's very Yelly. And I, he really felt like that guy who was cast and then he had a few lines and then they're just like man he is killing every line he has what more can we give this guy like that's what it felt like to me because his character is really nothing and then by the end of the movie he's his right hand man that he's shouting for for the final blow and it's like oh he really really climbed those ranks yeah and he has the great brush your teeth moment (laughs) i'm not going to explain that reference for anyone (laughs) if you don't know what i'm talking about i'm sorry but you should find out um but yeah, he just has great moments, great cinematic moments. He's just fucking great, the whole movie. Yeah. Uh, and then we have Pablo from Lost in this movie. Uh, does anyone know who he plays? Any Lost fans Only out there? Only because you tell me. He's Xerxes! To me, he's just, he's that one dude from Love Actually. <laughs> he's Pablo from Lost. Nikki and Pablo, everyone's favorite characters. Or sorry, Paolo. I didn't um, watch that far into Lost. 
It's season three! I stopped halfway through season two. So what if they're on the lowest rated episode of the entire series and everyone universally hated them and they were buried alive, we all cheered because we hated them so much. He's still in Lost. Yeah. How do you rope this movie into I have Lost? no idea. It's, it's really <laughs> You'd have to bring nuts. in reincarnation brought on by you, the You know what? You get I'd lost in that guy's voice. This, the overdubbing of his voice in this. <laughs> you get lost in it. Funny enough, that voice is really useful for testing the center channel in feeders. Um, You've been doing that? I don't know what you're talking about. Oh. <laughs> Never mind. I want to learn more about this I'm going to keep being very cryptic but about... But if we're going to talk about effects that don't stand out, or don't stand well... Is it his voice? His stupid earrings and his cheeks... Those never looked good. They look awful. They never looked good. They look so glued on him. See, you why see I like glue. this movie, why I like this movie so much now is because Leonidas got rid of him. He got rid he of did. the most problematic thing in this movie. <laughs> <He> <laughs> those, those, those earrings. <laughs> They're just going to be blown true. away. Um, but I think he's great. I actually really like that actor. He doesn't pop up a lot, and I think he's really good. And uh, I think he's great as Xerxes. I like how big they made him, because he's not that big of a guy. But the effects really work. He looks like he's, like, nine feet tall. He's supposed to think he's a god. Well, and they made him, like, at times you do feel like he could be, because of all the effects that they put on that guy and the acting. He just carries himself so otherworldly. Yeah. And, like, almost like a deity. So, like, it was a very uneasy effect. Like, it made me feel uneasy back then when I saw it in the theater. And even now, this recent time seeing it, I was like, ooh, that gives me some chills a little bit. Eh. Whenever I see a movie where some guy says he's a god, but then he keeps sending other people to fight his battle continually and he never actually does anything, like, you imposter. Well, maybe somebody just asked him if he was a god and he had to say yes and he just kept rolling with it. Yeah. And I'd be like, <laughs> make it till you hey, make it. Uh. Hey, hey, Mr. Godman, show me something godly other than your height. Show me your moves. Look at how tall I am. No, okay, cool. You're you're tall. That means your bone structure is going to deteriorate by the time you're forty. I also like him saying "I am kind" like three hundred times because it's like anyone who says they're nice that much, I just kind of assume you're a dick. Yeah, well, that's during the temptation of Christ moment. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> when you say temptation of Christ, and then you think about who they're tempting. That guy's not Christ. Well, no. I know. But it's totally the moment where it's because sure, the devil sure. is present and he's walking through the forest of sexy ladies. The Are forest. they sexy? No, they all have burned faces. Burned faces? Burned faces. They, one person had a burned face. I thought they all kind of did. No. Oh. Well, they're all supposed to be slightly deformed because it's supposed to be like, you belong here. Woo! Uh, the temptation. I yeah, one of us. On you one never of picked us. up on that? Why never they kept showing him all the deformed people? I thought he was just surrounded by a bunch of deformed people. Yeah, that's, but they totally used him in that moment to tempt I, I him. I did not pick up on the using thing. No, it's, oh. it's, it's the that equivalent of uh, what we get on Facebook now. Sponsored ads that, yeah. like... <laughs> I mean, it was yep. it was all totally a ploy. Like, let's get this guy to give us what we need to well, that much I got. slaughter everyone. Yeah, I just thought they were just tempting him with sex, not like sex with both. A, yeah, oh, okay, no, that makes sense. It, I just never caught you it. You are desirable no matter what your form is. I'm just hot a dumb singles guy, like you in your area. Sex was enough. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think acceptance had to be a part of it. No, it's really acceptance. <laughs> <laughs> Oi, um, what have we missed? What haven't we talked about? What? The fight choreography we didn't really talk about. We didn't talk about dem abs. Dem well, hunky dudes. Dem abs is part of the special effects. <laughs> <laughs> they did all have to get in ridiculously they good did. shape. But then you also look at scenes behind Ken, 
the behind the scenes footage and they show the women with airbrushes at their abs more so those women and maybe some men i don't know i'm pretty sure it was probably mostly women who had to get that close to their stuff while airbrushing their abs you lucky ladies they're professionals yeah they're professionals and i'm sure they probably helped them shave down there too probably (laughs) yeah to keep those uh those bellies uh nice and tight i'm talking about (laughs) the crotchal area personally I just like to imagine that some woman had to shave Jerry Butts's belly. <laughs> Possible, and maybe you a hairy man. Knows. Yeah, but they definitely all those men definitely got waxed. Oh yeah, <laughs> they they put time and effort into making these guys look good. Oh, so good. They were Spartans. They were Spartans, and you bought it. Yeah, like and then that was kind of the thing. You couldn't just have a normal like. Say, uh, say Rama from uh, Raid. In Raid 2, he has to get strip searched, and he takes all of his clothes off, and he just kind of looks like a normal dude. He looks like a dude who can definitely carry himself, but he's not, like, he has zero glamour muscles. Like, yeah. none. He doesn't have a bursting six-pack, he doesn't have pics. Glamour muscles are usually not very useful. <laughs> no, they're not, but they look intimidating. And, like, that's the thing. There wasn't a single guy. Like, Rama could hold his own with any of those fucking Spartans because he's a fucking badass. Just give him a knife. There'd be no Persian army. Like, uh, <laughs> but, um, but, like, these guys, like, they spent, like, I remember reading things about the crazy diets and exercise they had to be on. Like, they put time and effort to make sure that every dude that could be seen looked like they could handle the entire army themselves. And it's impressive. It was very impressive. I'm still a little impressed. Yeah. I remember reading about them throwing drums to each other, just like these huge heavy metal drums and just throwing them to each other to try to work on their twisting Aha! abs. Like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> 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 it had to be almost like a cartoon. Like, ha, ha. I'd watch that. I would absolutely, I would watch it every day. Yeah. I don't know why. Because <laughs> it sounds like fun. Especially if they're grunting like that. Oh, if they're not grunting like that, That's then I'd probably I leave. I have more fun listening to tennis than I have watching tennis. <clears throat> Actually, you know what? That's a good podcast idea. Just tennis noises? <laughs> T- tennis and exercise noises. <laughs> straight up screaming sometimes when they hit that ball. I love the ones who like trail off. <laughs> That's like a Wilhelm scream every time yeah. they hit a ball. It's like every time so like every time I just hear tennis in the background, I feel like, huh. I would I would I would start going to the gym if I could have the Wilhelm just scream like sound every time I did a rep. <laughs> Oh, boy. What were we talking about again? <laughs> 300. <laughs> I think it's time for quotes. Yeah. You think, we think, we, I think we've rounded the barrel as much as we can. We've said what we could. Mm. Uh, I can go first for my quote because mine, it, it's, it was in every trailer. It's been everywhere. It's on T-shirts. People have it tattooed. It is so blatantly the 300 line. That I just, I can't help. And there's two, technically, that are like the lines from 300. But this is the one that I went for. Uh, because it just, almost every breakfast I have, I think of this line. And if you don't know where I'm going yet, I'm surprised. But, ready your breakfast and eat hearty. For tonight, we dine in hell. Such a good line. Such oh, and a he, good fucking line. He smile yells that line so well. Oh my god. Like, he wasn't even nominated for an Academy Award because that would have been ridiculous. But he deserved it for that line. <laughs> uh, mine is from Lena Hedy, Headley. I don't remember her name in the movie, actually. Cersei Lannister. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, 
But when she talks to the messenger and she's like, only Spartan women give birth to real men. <laughs> and his, oh, that insulted him. He did it, not like it. It should. She just said, you're not a real man. Nope. <laughs> oh, such a good line. She's so good. Uh, John? <sighs> there is a lot to pick from. And I have to kind of eeny, meeny, miny, mo these. But the one that I'm sticking with right now is when King Leonidas sends off the, the narrator and he's like, you know, I trust that scratch hasn't made you useless. And he goes, hardly, my lord. It's just an eye. The gods saw fit to grace me with a spare. And I'm just like, this is the delivery of it. And it wasn't even cheesy. Like, they didn't even deliver it cheesily. It was just like, yeah, I have another eye. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, like, you think I'm leaving this war because I lost an eye? Nah. Nope. So badass. Good old Faramir. What a good soldier he is. I wanted to go. I want to stay here with you and die. (laughs) Don't worry. You can die later. (laughs) I don't want to go to Tashi Station. (laughs) Seriously, Star Wars is way too much on our minds right now. We do have three more (laughs) movies to review. Uh, Yes, we do. I know the best. Uh, Uh... (laughs) uh, So, review system for episode 300 is going to be... I had one, but it's weird. Hmm. Should I just go with the weird one? Go with the weird one. How many Spartan soldiers would you take to the hot gates to defend it? 27 of them. (laughs) Okay. I like like dire odds, and 27 sounds good. He likes that number. (laughs) Okay. Okay. That works. Uh, I'm going to go with two. I'm just bringing (laughs) two. All right. And I'm just bringing Gerard Butler and Michael Fassbender. And I think we got it. I think we'll be Honestly, fine. yeah. Just get a pike on them and like have them back-to-back and spin. And you've yeah. got like half the enemy army down. I'm pretty sure we'll be fine. And this movie's that. Like, it's, it's good enough. You didn't need all this. It's great. It works. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, a, that's a review system for you. <laughs> I'm happy with this one. <laughs> I'm going to go with one oh. Spartan thing. One Spartan guy. And it's <laughs> One Spartan actually thing. going to be the muscly dude from uh, Doom Patrol. Okay. I forgot his name. Flex. Uh, Flex. Let's call him Flex. Flex Metallo, I believe. Yeah. I'm going to take Flex Metallo. Oh. And then he's I know gonna, exactly what you're going to have them do. Uh, he's just going to start flexing in front of the Persian army, and they're just going to. They're going to all come in their pants? They're all going to come in their pants. <laughs> <laughs> and die. <laughs> he defeats them with an orgasm. It's great. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I might have flexed the wrong muscle. <laughs> Were you faking? <laughs> that is the best show on TV. If you haven't watched Doom Patrol, you're out of your mind. Yeah. So good. And it's like, do we need Xerxes when we have one guy that can give an entire thousands of people army a gigantic orgasm i mean then they're all just gonna go to sleep i'm just remembering the scene now it's such a good scene <laughs> doomsday. Not, not doomsday doom patrol just sitting there just like i think i know what's happening is that what's actually happening right now that the girl just screams out we're fucking coming <laughs> <laughs> that is what's happening right now this show is amazing <sighs> john have you watched it yet i have not get on that yeah, that that that's a must. Well, don't watch it with your kids. Must not watch with kids. <laughs> must watch though. Um, so that's it. We've done three hundred episodes of this thing. We did it, guys. Again, we've Woo! actually we've done a few more. 
uh, and released uh, maybe even more than that. But we've done three of uh, three hundred official ATH episodes, now. and that's what matters. And that's what yeah. matters. It's not official until it's on the feed. So there you exactly. go. So here we go. So uh, coming up next week, we're diving back into Star Wars for three more weeks. So we have Phantom Menace coming up. <laughs> Phantom Menace, Episode One, and uh, I, I will say this now: if you're listening still. I am going to do my absolute best to be as positive as I can about the prequel trilogy. There are things that we don't like, things that we will complain about. Attack of the Clones will take a lot of shit. I don't but think I can be very positive. <laughs> stay on target. Costumes, I guess. Attack of the Clones is going to be a rough one. But the other two, I think there's enough positive things. We will try to stay as nice as we can because I know there are fans out there and this isn't just meant to just rip them down right before the movie mm. comes out. Um, well, and I'm excited to give it another, the prequel trilogy another go because yeah. it's been the longest time since I've seen that one compared to the others. And... I'm feeling generous. Yeah, we'll see how long that generosity lasts. Like I said, yeah. I'm going to try. I can't promise, but I'm going to try. Um, and then after that, we have kind of a shakeup coming in after the hype. We're going to change things up a little bit for, for 2020. We're going to do things a little differently next year, and uh, I will explain that to you in 2020. <gasps> um, but things will be a little bit different. Uh, nothing to be afraid of. Nothing to be scared of. But we're going to change the uh, the format of what we pick and how we review and that sort of stuff. It will still be after the hype, but it's going to be a little bit more focused. And I, I'm really excited about it. We, Chewie and I have been spitballing a lot. I've mentioned to John a few times. We're all kind of on the same page, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm, I'm really excited for it. Um, and that will start in 2020. But first, the Star Wars trilogy. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited. Yes. Uh, and I'm just going to keep this thing going as long as I can because Chewie looks like she's ready to fall asleep and really annoyed that we're still talking. Um, so let's talk about 300 Rise. I'm kidding. We have to find those. <laughs> uh, Ava Green, man. Ava Green.